0: What's going on, everybody? Today on the show, a first, first ever call-in interview. Today, we're going to talk to Matt Jadasik, the president of the Philadelphia Union Supporters Group, the Sons of Ben. Uh, That is an MLS club uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Matt, I I fell in love with this story about your group uh, from the Netflix documentary, Sons of Ben, the movie. I just love the fact that it was a core group of guys that no matter what happened, they just kept going until they got what they were looking for. And that is in somebody to pay attention to them so that they can get an MLS club in the city of Philadelphia, Matt, welcome. And thank you for being on now. Well,
1: uh, Justin, thanks for having me, but yeah, the, um, as you mentioned, you, you saw the documentary, the sons of Ben the movie and you got an idea and, and, Just to be honest, I'm the president of the group now, but back in 2007, I wasn't involved at all. Um, In fact, I might have been quoted in the movie at one point, um, but it, it started as a true Philadelphia thing where three or four guys got kind of angry in the most Philadelphia way that the MLS was snubbing the fourth slash fifth biggest media market for a soccer team. And they just went there and go, you know what? Philadelphia's got a great history of supporting soccer from, you know, the Bethlehem Steel Clubs up in the Lehigh Valley to Mm. Ukrainian national teams to, you know, just the the soccer was always embraced in the city of Philadelphia. And these guys were like, you know what? We're going to start our own supporters group. And we're going to make enough noise that the MLS and Don Garber have to take notice. So they formed a group. They went to the local bars that were showing Premier League games or Bundesliga games, and I remember a couple guys were like, hey, we're trying to start a supporters group from an MLS team, and I remember going, MLS sucks, man, I don't want to watch that. So, you know, I started off as one of the Euro snobs that now we're trying to be like, hey, guys, you got a team in your backyard. You should watch this instead of getting up at seven in the morning to watch fuzzy TV from Europe. Um, Right. But the guys started out and it was funny because they started going to any soccer games that they could. So there was the indoor soccer team that, you know, that Philadelphia had and they would just sit there and chant until they got on TV and said, we're trying to bring an MLS team. They would go to Villanova University games and literally heckle the other team's goalie. So a poor 19-year-old kid would have grown-ass adult men that would never show <laughs> up for a Division One soccer game and would just chant. Then they would start going to Red Bull games, and that's when it started mm. to get heated because we would go up there. Or, you know, the guys would go up there, and, and it, this constantly grew. And the chance would be, we've won as many cups as you, and we don't have a team. Wow. Uh, and then it kind of all Cultivated where the, and and the guys back Then this was all like bulletin boards there Wasn't social media presence so Right they would right. write back like you guys Are disgusting we hope you never get a Franchise but we you know they Were getting noticed and it culminated In the MLS Cup was New England versus I forget now but it Was in Washington DC at The old RFK stadium And at the time they would Have the MLS Cup at a
0: neutral site and they would parade all the supporters groups in before. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the whole movie. So if you haven't watched it, you got to see it. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the whole thing. So
1: security doesn't know anything about anything. So they go, who are you with? We're with the team from Philadelphia. So they let this ragtag group of guys and gals in and put them in the supporter section. So because we didn't have any, and we were sitting right behind new England. So because we had right. no no dog in this fight, the guys would just chant Philadelphia the whole time. And there's a part in this movie where there is a fan from New England and she turns around and she's got the most disgusted look on her face because people are rooting for Philadelphia where they weren't even on the field. <laughs> and it was classic. And at that moment, um, our current owner, Jay Sugarman, And uh, Nick Sakevich, who was his business partner in the beginning, Nick looked down and goes, hey, Jay, I think we got something in Philadelphia because they were trying to find a franchise in either the Carolinas or Nashville or just something. And they're like, wait a second. This is in our backyard. And look at this media market. And that's how we got the attention of the owner and Don Garber and everybody else. And then, you know, we were granted a franchise. And in 2010, We opened the stadium up and it's kind of been history ever since.
0: Yeah, it's such a great story. And and like you said, it's such a Philadelphia story just to go and, you know, really pick a fight where there's no fight. Right. And Just to say, hey, we're here. This is who we are and this is what we want.
1: Exactly. We were like, we want this. We don't know why we don't have it. And we're going to make as much noise as we can until we get it. And hey, the squeaky wheel sometimes gets the oil. So it worked.
0: Yeah, it does. And, and there's a lot of things that really mirror exactly where rugby league is in the United States at the moment with with the story that you just told, you know, really trying to find its own stride. It's it's a sport that's really only played um, in, in England and in Australia. And to bring it here and, and continue to grow on the back of what you know, rugby union has been able to do, you know, obviously they're 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 different sports, but you know, just to continue to grow that from a grassroots uh, approach into something that's viable for, uh, to go have athletes take notice of. And we've, we've started to see that now we've seen some division one athletes, uh, some, some guys that have gone on to play, uh, you know, in the NFL have come back and said, you know, it didn't quite work out in the NFL, but what's this thing that's going on? And and just to hear your story really kind of gives us uh, a little bit of hope. And, you know, the other part of that is the American outlaws and, and, that is something that we've been talking about recently in rugby league and that we really need our own supporters group kind of the way Philadelphia built theirs and that we can go and support and be loud and be proud for who we are and what we represent. And and I really like the story that you told there. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: no, my pleasure. And the Outlaws are a great blueprint, too, because they've got chapters all over the country. So it's, you know, not just the American Outlaws, but there's the Philadelphia-based, there's the D.C.-based, and and how each city will work hand-in-hand hand, trying to bring an event in. Or if there's a big national game, you know, a men's national team in D.C., the Philadelphia group's definitely going to send a couple busloads down to support. So it is a great blueprint for you guys to look into and follow
0: yeah and that's that 's a great point because right now it 's kind of you know everybody 's got their own tribe and you 're on your own island and you know we 've got the u s a uh, r l we 've got the california league we 've got uh clubs that have have come up seemingly out of nowhere a lot like Vermont did, and you know they're they 're kind of left in the middle and, and nobody really uh there 's not a lot of cooperation going on back and forth where you know the u s a r l is predominantly the the league that uh, Puts forward the most uh, national team players uh, just because they were first and and I think we we 've got to get to that point where we 're working together a lot better and, and I think that 's really going to start from the grassroots where we've we 've put together a supporters club to say you know i, I don 't care where the player's from the player could be from Vermont, they could be from california, they could be from uh, you know the u s a r l they could be from the jacksonville Axemen. i don 't care where they 're from as long as they're representing the country we're going to support them and I, and I think we can really take straight to yeah that. and
1: and we even have something that's called the independent supporters council and it is for independent soccer supporters club groups that support soccer in North America well mostly Canada and, and the US so it can be MLS NWSL NSL and you know we meet once once a year but you know we're in constant conversations with each other for sharing best practices but also uniting as it's not just you know the three Red Bull groups or the one Philadelphia group or the two New York City groups or the three DC groups everybody meets together and you kind of put that little like I can't stand your team bickering aside and just go okay what do we need the league To take notice from us. So as as a united group, the leagues are going, to oh, we have to listen to these guys where maybe, you know, the league wouldn't listen to the Sons of Ben or they wouldn't listen to the Screaming Eagles in D.C. You know, maybe we can just get our team to listen to us. But the league is like, ah, you're a couple thousand people. We don't have to pay attention. But as a united council. They have to come to the table, so that's something that we've yeah. done, which probably could work for you guys. Where it's just a a council of all the groups together, and you just you know you take a page out of the mafia. You know, you sit down with the families and yeah. uh, and and yeah. and hash out your differences, and then you work as a united front.
0: Yeah, I really like that. We've we've talked about it recently. Some of the uh, lack of better term younger generations and, and uh, developmental clubs that are out there. I've really started to talk about having that and and moving forward with something like that, just to kind of break the stalemate of where we're at right now so that we can have our own initiatives and and work, you know, always be working on something and having a state of the union every year where we talk about, all right, this is what's happened this year. And this is what we want to work on for the next year. I think that would be uh, some great progress. So yes. Yeah,
1: awesome. No, I, I hope, I hope you guys do it. And if you ever need, you know, just a little a sounding board, just reach out, you know, we'd be happy to help just, just to help people not make the same mistakes we've made along the way. It would be, it would be worth it to pay it forward.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. I got a, I got a page here full of uh, some notes and questions that I wanted to talk to you about. So it's a great segue into, into kind of some things that I I had in my mind about what we want to do and how we want to grow and just really, go from where what you guys have done and learned um you know one of those is like you took over as the president uh of this group and you know looking back on it now is there's is there's some things you think that um you wish you would have known about you know running something that size or organizing it and, and uh, working on a group that's kind of scattered out I,
1: it's not so much anything i wish i knew because i was on the board for a, a few years so i kind of knew what I okay. was getting into. It's, it's just more um, there. Sometimes you wish you were a little sharper with your communication. I mean, you're running a, a volunteer organization that in one way, you want to be completely independent from the team because you don't want to have to take cues from the front office because you know, you're the fan. We, 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 we pay our seats and ticket money. Right. You can't tell us what to do. You still want to work with the team. So you get the same goal. But you're still dependent on the team because I don't care how great your group is and and the tailgate you throw and and off-season parties, if the team sucks, your membership is going to decline because people are going to lose interest. So it's, I think, one of those things where I wish we were a little bit more proactive for when the team might have a down season that we could do events to keep membership engaged. And, and it's something that we have been doing better at. But I think when I took over, I wish I was more prepared for just realizing that there's going to be dips in interest based on things that you can't control. You know, we, we were on a high for membership numbers and then COVID hit. And you're like, oh, wow, how do we get people to still sign up even though we're not going to be there in person? And, you know, so those are some of the challenges that you kind of now that you know that you see, you're like, hey, how do we be prepared for something that we've never seen before in our life each year? So it's something that we try to communicate, you know, within the board to try to make sure that, hey, no matter what the team does, we still have to do what we do, be the best that we can be. So our members keep wanting to come back for more.
0: I was just kind of going over, uh, you know, some of the failures that you might've had that have really opened your eyes to like, you know, we've got to listen more. We've got to, you know, be in communication and, and just kind of have more of an open mind. Cause this took us in a direction that we may never have gotten to, but it changed. Right. Cause for us, COVID, it did ruin a lot of operational plans, but it's really made a lot of uh, organizations focus on, you know lack of a better term the business organization uh, of of what they're doing and and double down on that and go back to the basics about a lot of things so uh, what have you guys been doing during this this covid time yeah
1: well with covid we've done a few things like we uh and 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 we as as the board and the group we didn't want to be heavy-handed in trying to do this cuz we're trying to like mistakes we've made in the past was we because we were trying to grow this group it to the outsiders it seemed like we were being elitist and that people couldn't join. And we're like, Whoa, no. And anyone, as long as you share a passion for the team, you know, and, and you like the sport you care about the city, you know, Philadelphia and even the city of Chester, like you should be a member. So we, we made mistakes in the past by we, we got a reputation warranted or unwarranted as being a little elitist and, mm. and you had to be hardcore soccer fan. and And that wasn't the case. So we, when we do stuff as a board, we try not to be super heavy handed in it. But because of that, we've seen in the past, uh, we we members started a union happy hour. And there's a couple members of the board that were involved and in, and other members, you know, some of our capos and stuff. They started it where they're doing a Zoom call on Friday nights, just as a way of sitting and, and just talking. And we got some some great guests. We had players coming on. We had. Uh, members of uh, upper management stop in to talk. We've had former players. We've had people like Alexi Lawless, who mm. you know, I should know is a is a national team, yeah, you know, a, and a national broadcaster. He's been on. So that was one of the things that we did during COVID that was great, and it kind of got people that were involved that were like you know what i never would have approached you at a tailgate or talked to you but that uh the other thing right before covid we started a pod where we weren't sure what was going to happen we started it in january um you know and it was mostly just because we wanted to get information to our members without having it getting hijacked by comments and social media right right sometimes hey, we're going to do a charity event for this. And then some troll wants to be like, oh, charity, why don't you give money to the American Red Cross instead? And and then sure. the, the comments take over the message. So the original thought was the pod was going to, yeah, we can get information, maybe be a little entertaining. And then COVID hits. And we're like, what do we do? And then we found, like everybody else, ways of remote broadcasting. We were still bringing guests on, and it kind of shifted more to a way of entertaining for 45 minutes to an hour about the week of what's going on with the Sons of Ben, what's going on with the team, and and just kind of laughing at ourselves through these you know terrible times and that's really grown too and it's it's kept the members engaged which is kind of what we want to do because we can't keep our members engaged with road trips and tailgates like we always did so through the magic of media and the magic of technology we've kind of been able to it's never going to replace that face-to-face but it's as close as we can get so it's one of the things we've been doing to to try to keep everybody engaged and and Feeling like a family
0: yeah I, I love that and and i 've said you know right now, uh, what we 've been really trying to focus on was um, for me it 's always been content is currency, right The more content you put out, the more currency you have in the bank, and that 's one of the things we 've been trying to focus on so uh, um, where are you guys where 's your presence on social media that 's one of the things I think some of the leagues that we have do a good job at and some not so good. So what have you guys done through social media to bring anybody in during
1: this time? We've, we've done it all. I mean, we've, you know, like I said, they early on like the bulletin boards and then with social media, of course there's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all a big part of our mixture. We send out a weekly email to the members that the, the, the amount of emails that go out, outweighs the member, the number of paid members per year, because even though people may not rejoin that year, they stay subscribed to the emails. Um, we actually, uh, to, to my dismay, we started a, a discord page. Mm. So it's every, everything there's always a change and we're going to come in and adapt to it and share. And, and we've got great people on the board. We've got a board member dedicated just for, you know, social media and getting the message out there. And it's anything from wishing a player a happy birthday to videos for, you know, when we're in the stadium doing things to letting people know what's going on with viewing parties and, and any of our charity events. So no, we've, we've been fully ingrained in social media from the get go and I don't see any way of avoiding it, you know, because, People may not read emails all the time, but they're going to look at their Twitter page and find out what's going on. And you can't just rely on one of those medium because our membership goes anywhere from people in their 80s to people that are under 18. And everyone's got a different taste and flavor on how they get their social media or how they get their information. You know, some kids are only going to look at Instagram and never touch Facebook. And some of our, you know, more... More uh, mature members are only going to look at Facebook and have no time for the TikTok. So <laughs> we just yeah. have to, you know, keep it as broad as we can and do as much as we can and keep the message,
0: but keeping the message centered for your platform. Yeah, that's a great point. I, I know, you know, I, I bring up all the time the Premier Lacrosse League. Uh, they're next to basketball, the M- NBA. I think they are one of the ones that handle social media the best. And they're really growing their entire league off of, uh, you know, the popularity of social media, which has been great. And, you know, to see a a young league that's only been around a couple of years to be able to, to make that transition and, and, and really dominate on it, you know, or, are pretty close to, it's been great. And I think you got to have social media there. It's just got to be a part of your plan.
1: You do, and, and you look at some of the successes of some teams. They're just super snarky. Uh, even in Philadelphia, for I mean, it's only been a little over a year, but the mascot Gritty from the Flyers. I mean, <laughs> I love let it. me tell you. I when, love, the, I love and, the mascot. And when he first came out, people in Philly were like, what the hell is this? Right. No, we don't want this. No way. And then – The whole United States looked at it like, oh, that thing's ugly. It's a freak. So then Philadelphia became Philadelphia and went, whoa, 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 whoa. That's our freak. (laughs) Don't you dare attack our freak. Only we attack it. And then through Twitter, the Pittsburgh Penguin mascot decided to say something and Gritty's Social media person, just it was as simple as keep one eye open. Bird, I'm coming after you. And then the city just fell in love. You're like, oh my god, this guy's snarky. He's got attitude. And then that was it. It's a love affair that you know you're not going to break up. It's it goes. You know, Philly fanatic and 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 gritty are one A and one lowercase A. It's not even one B. You know, so it and I credit the flyer social media for saving that mascot because that thing was for for a fire dump and I'm so happy that it it's out there and alive it's great it was
0: for sure going to be in a mascot graveyard very quickly until it took over but you know Philadelphia is an interesting place because they love to hate you uh there I remember you know I I was when I was in the military I was stationed there I did my recruiting duty there and uh Howard Eskin um it it was one of the most popular and most hated uh personalities on the radio it was crazy
1: Oh yeah. If, if, if you don't have anything good to talk about, cause the teams were probably in a downturn at that time, yeah. it's great to stoke the flames and you got guys national skip Bayless. That's it's, it's, it's what we now call clickbait. Sure. But that's, that's kind of the messages that you can get across. And, and we do it with our little rivalries just to go back and forth just to, and it's all in good fun, tongue in cheek for the most part, but it, it works with getting people involved and, Wanting, looking forward to that rivalry game. So
0: yeah, it's, it's important. I think that is one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, a lot of sports can learn from uh, we'd had a discussion recently on, on Twitter. There was a big discussion back and forth about uh, a lot of leagues and, and expansion. And I was really looking at the NHL and, and just an excellent job that they did overall through their expansion, their stadium series, their winter classic, but for me, the, the one thing that put it over the top for me was um rivalry Wednesday night, right? The Wednesday night game was always a rivalry game. It didn't matter what was going on in the league, it was always going to be two teams that that had a history.
1: Yeah, yeah. And 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 one of the things that's not really related to that, but what I always try to 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 impress with at least our front office at the Philadelphia Union is um the access that fans can get to The players Mm. is so important because you got that in the early days of the NHL where those guys lived in the same neighborhood that you did. And if you were a kid in the 70s, 80s, Bobby Clark might have stopped his car and played street hockey with you where you didn't get that with major league baseball or the NFL players. And for us, I try to tell all the MLS players that, that I go, you know, you guys still, you do well, but you don't get bothered on the street the way uh, Joel Embiid might get bothered on the street in Philadelphia. I go, you've got that access. That's where you can really connect with fans and you kicking a soccer ball with a kid, you know, it's going to make that kid a Philadelphia Union fan and maybe a Casper Shiboko fan for the rest of their life. So if you've got those five minutes, you should do it. So I think it's the same thing with your league, where once the players start, if they would just realize that, you know what, I know it's a pain in the rear, but I'm going to spend – five, ten minutes extra, signing autographs, taking selfies, doing whatever, it goes a long way in growing that loyalty because I know in the city of Philadelphia there are people to this day that are diehard Flyers fans, and it's just because they had a beer with Bobby Clark at Rexy's Bar right outside of Camden, New Jersey you know, because that's where the players would hang out and that's it. Like he'll be the greatest flyer in history because they shared a frosted mug of beer with him in, you know, the seventies. And if leagues that are growing can pick that up, you know, you're going to have not only that person as a fan, but their kids and their grandkids. That's how sports get ingrained in our culture. It, It starts with, you know, you being the parental figure and, growing it through your children and your grandkids so if these players can give everybody five ten minutes once in a while I think it goes a long way
0: yeah I I've always felt that you know there's there's always that one thing that brings you back around to it right so for for us right here in Vermont uh right across the street um BFA Academy uh John McClare that's his his high school that he went to uh, you know, of course, I was going to jump on the fact that he's a Philadelphia Flyers fan and a, and a Hall of Fame inductee. And that's one of those things that always brought it back around for me is that, you know, he's a local guy and, and uh, went down and, and had an outstanding career down in Philadelphia and then, you know, went on to be in the Hall of Fame.
1: And such a great guy, too. He He's still he's one of those NHL players that and and even his his line mate Eric Lindros, people didn't realize it, but he was for pretty approachable uh for, for a guy of his fame level, you know, he would sit there and be like, man, if people just kind of like let me breathe, let me buy the whole bar around that kind of right. thing. You know, those guys were were great. And that's why the, that Legion of Doom is still beloved. In it wasn't just because they were big and they beat the crap out of people, but because they were so approachable to fans, they weren't like they were guys you wanted to drink a beer with. Where there are yeah. other people in the in, in sports that I've had the fortune or misfortune to meet, and I always go, man, never meet your heroes, because some people, you're just like, yeah. you know, like, I don't think, I love Pete Rose. I don't think I'd ever want to have a beer with a guy, because I'm sure he's a <laughs> jerk. Honey Dyche is probably the biggest jerk-off in the world. I don't want to have a beer with him. You love yeah. them on the field when they played, but some of those guys, like. LeClaire and Lindros were, were awesome. Brenda Moore, they were great guys. So yeah. So hopefully more athletes learn from that. Like, yeah, you're getting pulled in each direction, but you know what, if you, if you care about the sport you play, spend that little bit of time
0: with the fans because
1: that's, what's going to make or break you.
0: Yeah. And I think that's important too, because we recently had uh, in Cleveland, there was a kind of a one-off game between Cleveland and uh, Northern Virginia. They had, a, they had a game, and, uh, you know, in our, if you get anything outside of uh, uh, wives, girlfriends, husbands, whatever, if you get anything outside of that, you're doing well, uh, they managed to have, you know, a, an additional 50 people on top of that, and, you know, I think it's because it's a new and, and uh, exciting sport that's coming to their town, but, um, you know, it's important, all of those things are, you gotta get out in the community and, and shake hands and Meet the people if you, they're going to come down and, and spend their hard-earned money to watch you play. And and the other lesson I always took from hockey
1: that I wish we as the sons of Ben did a better job. I wish the Philadelphia Union did a better job at it. And you guys probably will want to do a great job at this is realizing that people are new to the sport and that a good way of explaining the sport because let's face it, there's a reason why you know. And I'm I'm going to just guilt all the men out there there's a reason that guys like football baseball basketball and maybe hockey because they can explain it to their kids without seeming Mm. stupid where in soccer sometimes guys their eight-year-old daughter who plays knows more about the sport than they do and they're like wait why why did why why is that guy all sides and then they don't want to get involved in the sport because they don't understand it lacrosse suffers from that i played volleyball as well as pro beach volleyball. I know that sport suffered because people didn't understand the rules. They might've played in the backyard and rugby's the same thing because I love the sport, but I don't always understand the rules. I played a little bit club in college until I got my ass handed to me. But uh you know, it's, so it's one of those things that if you get an announcer that can without dumbing it down for the hardcore fans, but still explain it. So people feel welcome and they're like, Oh, let me ask this question. I don't feel stupid it goes such a long way. And it's something I wish to this day, MLS did better to explain to the casual fan that, you know, the convert from baseball, the convert from, you know, football, the convert from hockey, that, that this is the rule. And that's why that happened. Then you're like, Oh man, I can really appreciate the beauty of this sport. So hopefully you yeah. guys can, could do that out of the gate.
0: Yeah, we do have a few that have, they've done that in some newer times. Uh, I think Brooklyn, uh, went through that where, you know, their first season, they had somebody there kind of explaining what was going on uh, during the first couple of games. And I think we do that well, where we haven't uh, made a, a big impact is really having a kind of a media presence on top of that so that, you know, you can continue to watch the game. Same thing you said about watching Euro club uh, soccer, right? Uh, we struggle for them here, unless you want to get up at three o'clock in the morning, you're watching a game from 12 years ago, right? Exactly. We, We've got that's one of the things we've got to solve. And I think putting all the pieces together at the grassroots level, uh, not only can we get people to take interest in what we're doing, we can also uh, make it more viable in that this is an option for not only athletes to play, but people to watch and to learn because it's actually an exciting sport. Oh, it
1: is. It's a nonstop. uh, I remember we had the sevens at what was then Talon Energy Stadium. So I guess it was the first rendition of our the soccer state and and I remember watching I'm like, "Oh my god, I don't know how these guys are even standing right now from <laughs> all the all the running." So yeah, there there's it, there's just so much excitement to watch and and see. So yeah, hopefully you can kind of get that persons that's got that casual interest enough right. knowledge that then they
0: want to become a, a fanatic. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, if we can go back to one of the things that I, I saw in the documentary that stood out for me, cause I've, I've really, so I, I spent 20 years in the military. I got out of the military and I really felt like I lost purpose, right? Uh, I didn't have something to keep me driving to the next goal or, or the next post. Right. And, and rugby league for me was one of those things that finally gave me a bit of sense of purpose back. But I remember in the documentary, It was really there was moments in the documentary where it was really like three or four guys, five or six guys. And they just, you know, kept going and said, you know, no matter what happens, uh, the three of us are going to continue to band together. The four of us, the five of us, we're going to continue to do this uh, until we get to where we want to go or or you know we're we're dead in the ground and and that was one of the pivotal moments for for me for the documentary It just and for me I've said every day uh, I've said in some podcasts recently every day I got to get up and do something toward mating a goal that we're working on toward growing rugby league in Vermont toward growing it in the United States and and I, I found that that is a a one of those things that man, it's, it's easy to get a club together. It's easy to get a group together and and have a couple of drinks on a Friday night. But like you said, what happens when you're having a losing season when that passion starts to fade, right? It's just like a marriage. What happens when the passion starts to fade? If you guys can't get along together, right? You're not going to be around for very long. So I'm glad that you brought that up.
1: Yeah. And, and, and one, before I forget, thank you for your service. Uh, And thanks thanks for for acknowledging it. it. And then uh, the other thing is it, it's true because everybody wants to wants to embrace the highs and mm. and you can't be afraid of the lows. And it was somebody today I just heard, and I don't remember where I heard it, but they're like, don't numb yourself to the pain. Because then you're just going to numb yourself to the joy that you find. So every day, you know, we we have it. There's days I wake up and I'm like, crap, I don't want to look at this email. I don't want to hear this drama. Can't we just, you know, watch some soccer and, and get along and have beers and good times? But then you get through it and you're like, okay, I learned a lesson. This happened. Oh, crap. This was uncomfortable. But you know what? We got better because of it, because you know the old adage of you know the the meatheads that used to work out no pain no gain. It's mm. true in this. It's it's you've got to go through uncomfortable times to get what you want. Because if you don't go through those uncomfortable times, what you got really wasn't worth it. You got something really easy, you know. So it's one of the things that yeah to to see this and and you'll we'll see some of the guys from the beginning. They'll still come around and they look around and they're like damn. Okay. Like I feel good. And you see it, they won't say it, you know, but they'll look around and go, Oh, cool. Like, Oh, you guys, you've, you've got your own brand of beer now. You know, like we never thought we'd have a brewery making a beer with sons of Ben on it. You know? So there's, there's wow. things that they're like, Oh, this is really. And and for us, it's, it's a joy to see on their faces. They're going, man, there's three five of us at McGillen's in Philadelphia thinking up this stupid idea and look what happened. There's a stadium. There's a practice complex. There's a whole MLS team, and we're probably on our second generation of sons of Ben fans. You know, of of members. I mean, I remember when I joined. Guy that sits in front of me, his kids were seven and five. Now the one is in college, and the other's a junior in high school, and they're going to become members. So it's it just kind of mind blows. Like what you do but it's definitely like don't don't shy away from the hard stuff you know the stuff that makes you uncomfortable because that's the stuff that's gonna gonna make
0: it all worth it in the end yeah yeah great yeah uh, a couple of other questions um you know we talked about grassroots and, and again you know we're talking about going from grassroots to try and build into a global brand you know or die trying right oh yeah uh so who would you say is somebody out there, a, a league or, or a team that's really getting it right from the grassroots level to try and grow into that?
1: Well, I tell you what, what, what my touchstone is a supporters group for MLS soccer has been and it's going to and it's going to pay me to say this. But I always look at the people out in Portland, uh, Timbers mm-hmm. Army, they started out as a USL team and soccer was kind of a religion and that's one of the groups they've got thousands of members they've got it's it's organized in a way where they make hundreds of thousand of dollars on their merchandise alone they've hmm. they do they do a soccer scarf that every year is pretty much the same but they just kind of change the color and the threading on parts of it and they're collector's items you know, they get wow. they get volunteers because if you volunteer at the tailgate or if you volunteer selling out of the merch van, you get because they've got general admission seats, they rope off sections. So people that would sleep out overnight to get a better seat, they might volunteer to cook burgers because they know they're going to get a better seat in the stadium. You know, they've got, you know, wow. they, they, they've got tie ins with some of the sponsors where they just they, they did it wrong, you're not wrong, but they, they grew and they learn from their mistakes and they do it right. And they're one of our, you know, for me, a touchstone of like, okay, this is, you know, I think we do a great job. We've got a lot of things that we do right, but you're never as good as you think you are. You know, don't smell yourself. You can always learn. You can always get better. And they're one of the groups that you kind of look at and go, Okay, that's what we want to do. That's uh, uh, there's some ideas we can grab, and and the best thing is the last couple of years at the conferences, some of those guys have asked us like, hey, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? We're like, holy crap, these guys are asking us. So that's one of the things. (laughs) It's always good to find somebody. I always try to look for somebody that I really want to admire, and then I try to look at another group that's not that I don't want to put the group down, but they've got a bad situation with their front office. And then I try to figure out what we would do to anticipate if we ever have problems with our front office, because every yeah. city's got a different situation. Um, so that's that's, I guess, my long and short answer of it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things I've always been obsessed with in the beginning, you know, from my time with arena football and in, moving into this was what does right look like? And if you can figure out what right looks like that's a good starting point and and I appreciate you sharing yeah, that. yeah
1: definitely it, um, it it's good to use other people as a benchmark you don't want to copy them but there's there's ways of somebody did it right let's figure out how we get to that
0: point yeah absolutely well listen it, it's been an absolute pleasure i I always appreciate learning uh, new new things uh, I've got you know probably as many notes as as uh, I had for uh, going into this happy hour is amazing. I think we can benefit a lot from that, uh, just in a social environment, kind of bringing down some of the walls to get, you know, LA to talk to Philadelphia, you know, white Plains to talk to Brooklyn. You know, I think that is some, uh, some great advice. And, you know, for us really doubling down on social media and, and that's outstanding. Uh, are there any resources out there that you guys have really gone to, um, to continue to, to grow or you get into an, a situation where you, uh, you're you not quite sure what to do? Are there some resources that you reach out to or is it just the people that you've built on your board uh, are kind of the resources we, by the position? And we
1: use everybody and anybody. So like I said, we're part That's of saying. the ISC, the Independent Supporters Council. So We'll reach out and go, hey, guys, we we know we use these guys for T-shirts. Anybody else got a better deal? And we've instituted on the board for things like, hey, just because we've got a preferred vendor for item X, price it out with two other people. Even if it just keeps, you know, our preferred vendor honest, it doesn't hurt. Don't get too complacent in what you're doing. And the other thing is, as you guys are growing, don't be afraid to reach out to the media any media. It doesn't matter if it's a college radio mm-hmm. station, your local news station, the national news. You don't know who needs content at a certain point and because of that that helps explode it. I can't tell you the power of traditional radio and traditional TV where we'll sit there and do something on a goofy morning show banging drums talking about the thing and then people in my office are like, "Were you on Channel 3 this morning?" and you're like, "Oh god, I can't <laughs> believe you saw that, but Don't be afraid. Like, Make those people your friends. Like, I still email people that are in the news just to, hey, man, if you want to come out to a game, have a a beer with us, have a tailgate. Just come out. Don't worry about it. You don't have to do a story, but there's going to be a story at some point, and they know who to reach out to. So always make friends with the media because they, like I said, you never know when they need content, and you guys be a perfect (laughs) outlet
0: for them. So I would use them as a resource if you can. Yeah, sure. We, you know, we, I, I work for a national company and we were doing some marketing and I had to go down and, and to the local TV station and, uh, hand the check over. And, uh, I just happened to go through the parking lot and I saw a license plate that said rugby one on it. And I said, well, guess who just became my exactly. new, best friend? so you never know where you're going to see it at. Uh, but listen, I, I appreciate your time. Uh, I would be uh hard pressed to say that I didn't learn a lot from this. It, it was, um, Eye-opening. it's always great to hear somebody who's already been there who's been through the pain points uh who's continuing to to fight the fight and uh i think we we're going to continue to see you guys uh have some very good things come out of there up or down you know it's a great town to be out of but you know philadelphia is just one of those places that it's in your blood uh you're you're a sports fan from from day one and uh you know, you love everything about the town and, and I can't wait to go back. I was just there. I actually flew out of uh, the airport that seems to always be under construction. As long as <laughs> yeah. I've seen it, uh, <laughs> uh, I flew out of there going to Florida. So, uh, you know, I love it. I can't wait to come back to the area. Uh, and I well, appreciate it. Next your time
1: talk. you're in town, make sure you come down, join us for a tailgate and same thing for everybody in your group, you know, come down. We, we love rugby almost as much as we love soccer. So, if there's a union game and you're in Philadelphia, come on down to the Sons of Ben lot. Just look look for me, and I'll make sure you have a beer in your hand.
0: Yeah, that is outstanding. We have a team, the Philadelphia Flight. They've been there for a long time. Uh, fight, excuse me, and uh, I'll I'll try and connect them uh, for you guys. So that'd be great. Thanks, I appreciate. Great, your time. thank
1: you. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks you too.
0: Well, listen, Matt, appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you taking out time today. Uh, I-, I know you got probably better things yeah. to do but all the advice that you got we're going we're gonna to really try and push hard. The, the council uh, that's one of those things we are uh, all the developing clubs out there really should be doing and we talked it, about that.
1: Uh, we um, did it I think it was Brian James who was the founding president of Sons of Ben. Guys from now they're LAFC supporters but they were Chivas and one or two others just said you know guys we're not getting anywhere with the league we should start this and Granted, this has probably been around 15 years, but the last three years, the leagues had to sit and listen. You know, they were finally like and even with mm. all the with with, um, you know, with the racism and everything, they're finally listening to us, the fans, about some of the policies they should do. So uh, it's invaluable and it, it's good for one, uniting yourself as, as a united front with a league but two, just for best practices. It's it's a great way to just yeah. – and, and then it's like even when your fans are traveling to another city, like, hey, guys, where, where's a good place we can go for dinner beforehand? So it, it really sure. works out as a – as a, it, it makes it more of a brotherhood and gives you that look of like, okay, there's more to life than just Vermont rugby. Like somebody else mm. tackled yeah. this issue. I've got this. So if you guys can do that, you're going to be 10 steps ahead of where we were in the beginning.
0: And that's exactly what we're trying to do. Really have the playbook yeah. of, of how to build a club. So, well, great. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully the sun comes out for us. Yeah, I hope
1: so. And then right. hopefully we'll, uh, we'll, we'll meet up. Let me know when you're in Philly and we'll, uh, we'll get together.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I uh, appreciate right, you too. Thanks a lot. There. Bye. Yep.